Now on Netflix. Inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Twenty-three-year-old guy here. I live in a pretty safe neighborhood and usually always lock my doors. Last night, apparently I didn't. It was not too long after I had taken my dogs out for the last time and was turning off the TV and lights when one of my dogs started growling. Not too weird, since he sometimes does that when people walk by the house. I then heard the front door open and someone walk in. My dog then started barking. My other dog, who loves all people, came running from the other room to greet whoever our guest was. In that same instant, I began reacting to what was happening around me and said, what the f***? Who are you? Standing in my hallway was a guy in his mid to late 20s. He was skinny and tall. Um, oh wait, I don't think I'm in the right place. He genuinely seemed confused. I replied with a, hell no you aren't. Now please leave. He apologized and said he was coming to hang out with a friend and just accidentally went to the wrong place. I asked him what house number he was looking for and he said a number that was just a couple numbers off from mine. He apologized again and left without incident. He seemed nice and looked non-threatening, but I was still kind of spooked to say the least. Now this morning, I was ready to laugh the whole thing off. I was planning on telling my neighbors, a couple in their 30s, what happened. I don't know them all that well, but we've talked before. So I was sort of glad to run into the gentleman of the couple when I was taking my dogs out that day. I didn't want to come off like I was mad or scared over what happened, so I casually said, I'm sure he told you about it, but your friend paid me a surprise visit last night. My neighbor gave me this confused look and said, What are you talking about? Your friend. He walked into my place last night thinking it was your spot. I'm sure he told you. My neighbor was quiet for a second and with a very solemn face said, I don't want to alarm you, but I have no idea what you're talking about. We didn't have a friend over last night. So now as I look back on it with supreme confusion, who was it that let themselves into my house that night? What were they doing and what were they actually looking for? I told this story to a friend recently and they seemed genuinely surprised. I guess I thought something similar happens to everyone. They suggested sharing my story so this seemed like a fitting place. It was the summer of 1998, hot California desert. I was five years old, riding shotgun in my mom's crappy little convertible. It barely ran, but the seats were red velvet, the radio worked, and being able to take the top down almost made up for the lack of air conditioning. 
My days were normally spent at daycare or the babysitters as my single student mom put in long hours at her job to provide for us. I didn't mind. It just meant the days like today were even more special. My mom was driving us one county over to my cousin's house for a birthday party that was going to be complete with dress-up games and ice cream cake. To truly seal the deal, she had taken us to McDonald's right before we headed out on our drive. I got a Happy Meal with a stuffed Simba from The Lion King as my toy. That'll be important for later. Our convertible eased onto the freeway, and for the most part it was a pleasant and uneventful ride. I remember the loud noise of the cars and the hot wind. I first became aware of the truck as it laid on its horn behind us. I turned in the seat to see a huge gray monster of a truck tailgating us ridiculously close. As soon as it's safe, my mom gets over into the far right lane, assuming that he's going to pass us. But he pulls level to our car, rolls the window down, and begins screaming at us to pull over. In the middle of the desert? On the freeway? My mom ignores him and tells me to do the same. I remember feeling uneasy, but less scared than annoyed. Kind of like, dude, come on. This is my day to have fun. Leave us alone. Besides, I wasn't really a stranger to angry shouting men, even at that age. Unfortunate, but true. I think it was the lack of reaction that irritated the man. Or maybe this was his plan the entire time. He swiftly pulls into our lane and essentially forces us off the road onto the shoulder. My mom does her best to maintain control of the car and not make contact with the other vehicle, but that's pretty much impossible. The unmistakable crunch of metal rings out and both vehicles come to a stop, again on the side of a desert freeway. Not exactly anyone around to help out or places to go. My mom checks me to see if I'm okay and remains in her seat. Now, if I were her, I don't know if I would have waited to confront this man with a child in my car after that stunt. However, my mom has, and always will be, the tough-as-nails type of gal who isn't afraid of anything, especially when she feels she's been wronged, and of course, she had no idea what was to happen next. In a flash of anger and cursing, the man is at the driver's side door, screaming about the damage to his car and how it was caused because of food trash that had been flying out of the convertible landing on his front window and blocking his view. He starts demanding compensation, that my mom get out of the car and come look at his car. At this point, my mom refuses to get out of the car. She points at a call box a fair distance away and says it's best to call the cops and let them handle this. But that's not the answer the angry man wanted. In one fluid movement, the man grabs the back of my mother's head and once, twice, three times, smashes it into the steering wheel leaving her unconscious. Lifting her like a sack of potatoes, he drops her on the side of the road and jumps into the driver's seat, keys still in the ignition, and starts the car up. I haven't even reacted yet. I think I was in an absolute state of shock. It wasn't until I felt the car moving and getting back on the road did I register what had happened, and when it hit me, it hit me hard. I went ballistic. I was no longer just annoyed with this man, I was now furious for what he did to my mom. I remember I held my stuffed Simba by the tail as I climbed out of my seat and began screaming while whipping the man in the face, trying to blind him. My battle cry was, you're the meanest man in the whole world. I clawed and kicked and gave no care to what was going to happen to me, just that this man was going to pay. 
This led to a couple of things happening. First, I made it impossible to drive that car safely, and he ended up crashing into another shoulder. Second, by the time people had started to see a combination of a woman lying on the highway and a convertible with the Tasmanian devil of a five-year-old beating up on some cr- We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night, ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end, what will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Reaper, they began to alert authorities. I don't remember too much after that. I remember the cops coming and sitting in the back of a police cruiser. They gave me a teddy bear and asked me a lot of questions, and my grandma picked me up. My mom went to the hospital where she thankfully didn't have any major damage, just a busted nose and some whiplash. Never made it to my cousin's party, and never saw that white convertible again. I'll always be thankful for my main man Simba having my back through all of it though. I don't know what the man's intentions were. Looking back and knowing the area we lived in, it wouldn't surprise me in the slightest if drugs played a major part in all of this. And to that creeper that tried carjacking us all those years ago, if you hear this, I hope you still remember getting beaten up by this five-year-old. In 2010, I was driving from New Orleans, Louisiana to Eugene, Oregon. It was just me, a 24-year-old female, and my two-year-old pit bull in a 14-foot U-Haul truck with everything I owned crammed into the back a fancy flip phone, and my printout MapQuest directions. I think the first smartphones actually came out around that time, but I didn't have one. Cell phone service was also much spottier back then, and there were long stretches through the desert where I had zero service for hundreds of miles. I was driving a lonely stretch of highway through central Texas when I realized I hadn't seen a town or exit for a very long time, and my giant U-Haul was really low on gas. Just when I'm starting to freak out and seriously think about running out of gas, I see a small town coming up. I pull into this town, and it is tiny. I was so worried about other things that I never did pay attention to the name of the town, but there were only about six streets in the whole place. I go gas up, and I'm ready to get back on the road, except I cannot for the life of me find my way back to the highway. I circle the town about four times and start getting so frustrated because this is such a tiny town, how can I not find my way out? I can literally see the highway, but I can't get to it. I return to the gas station to ask for directions. Now when I got gas, I paid at the pump and never went in. When I enter to ask for directions, there's a skinny, nondescript guy who has black hair hanging down in front of his eyes that looks like it could use a good wash. He's not particularly creepy, but a little bit rude. He never really met my eyes. He was looking down at a magazine. He gives me directions that don't sound right at all. He's telling me to take a road that will get me to the highway in about 17 miles. For a moment, I'm dumbfounded. Then I point out that I didn't drive that far to get from the highway into town. Why so far to get back to the highway? I can literally see it from the town. He's just so casual almost like I'm an annoyance, and can follow his directions or not, but why should he care? He gives me some explanation about the road curving around that doesn't really make sense. 
He still doesn't look at me, though. Just whatever. I gave you your directions. And then he waved his hand in the direction of the door. When I got into the parking lot, my whole body started trembling violently, and my heart started to race, seemingly for no reason at all. I get into the truck, and as soon as I put the key into the ignition, I burst into tears. I had the most terrible feeling that, no matter how nonchalant he acted, this man had bad intentions. I don't know what, but I knew right then and there that there was no way I was going to follow his directions. Yet this was the only store in this little town, and short of knocking on doors, there was no one else to ask for directions. I decided that I didn't care if this town seemed like something dropped out of the twilight zone. I was going to drive around until I found my way out, even if it took all damn night. Just then, a big red beater of a pickup truck pulls up, as much rust as metal, and a quintessential Texas man steps out. Huge, husky, in flannel and work boots. Without even thinking about it, I jumped out of the truck and approached him quickly, yet warily. Looking into his eyes, I saw a kind human being, or at least that's what I was hoping I saw. I asked him if he could please give me directions to the highway. I told him I knew it was silly, but I just couldn't seem to find my way back. He looked concerned as I was visibly upset, so he made me laugh and very cheerfully gave me directions for a hairpin curve turnoff right at the end of a small concrete tunnel I had passed several times. He said it often confused travelers because it was so hard to see. They need to put up signs, etc. With a sinking feeling in my stomach, I asked him how far in miles was it back to the highway. He laughed, gave me a funny look. Miles, miss? I'd say it's a quarter mile at most. You can see the highway right from here. At this point, I couldn't help it. I had to know. What happens if I drive and I gave him the directions that the man in the store had given me? Texas looked at me very intently and asked me how I knew about that route. It was pretty far out and usually only locals knew about it. So I told him. He was quiet for a few minutes and then asked what the attendant looked like and if I had a map of the state. Nope, just my map quest, which wasn't helpful in this situation. He goes to his truck and grabs a raggedy local map from his glove box. Spreading it out for me, he traces the route I describe. The way the man from the gas station had told me to go led away from the town, away from the interstate, and led to seemingly the middle of nowhere. Texas told me that the road did go about 17 miles, right before it dead-ended in the desert. I asked him what was out there and told me that it was nothing but some junked cars and a few trailers and mobile homes, all owned by the same family. The family was known locally as troublemakers, drug addicts, and alcoholics. And these were the nice things townspeople had to say about them. And the erstwhile clerk was part of this family and lived down that road. I'll never forget the look in Texas's eyes as he told me this. He also told me that I was smart to listen to my instincts and he told me to be careful traveling out there. I don't know if the man from the gas station wanted what was in the back of my U-Haul or what was in the driver's seat, but thankfully, I didn't have to find out. Oh, and I learned that sometimes angels look like ruddy-haired Texans with scruffy faces in rusty pickups. Thank you, random Texan stranger. You really saved my ass, and I will always remember you with tons of love. Sorry I didn't ask your name. You're forever Texas to me now, though. Thank <laughs> you.
real-time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.